To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Back here for another episode of Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. And this week on the podcast, we're going to take some email questions from around the area that come into Kyle's website or that have come across the podcast uh, uh, show things of that nature. So just some different things. Of course, all questions get you know answered. And if you've got questions of your own, definitely reach out to Kyle. But we've taken a few here to highlight on the podcast this week. And again, if you'd like to stop by the website, submit a question or just ask a question about what you've got going on, need some help, uh, want to learn more, whatever the case might be, stop by Kyle's website, mocanwealth.com. That's M-O-K-A-N wealth.com, mocanwealth.com. And uh, you can do all that right there. Subscribe to the podcast, get in touch with Kyle, uh, and lots of good stuff there right from the website. So, my friend, what's going on? How you doing? Doing well. It's uh, getting very close to the best time of sports year, which is football yeah. season. So, yeah, this uh, this should be right around the 18th or so when we drop this out. So, yeah, preseason's on. We should uh, the kickoff to the league should be about two weeks away. So. Yep, my uh, weekends get a little bit better when there's football. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, good. Yeah, my brother's the same way. I usually am as well, but uh, uh, this year I've got a couple of things going on right right at uh, opening weekend, so I'm probably going to miss a little bit of that, but then I'll be good to go. So uh, let's let's take some email questions, shall we? See if we can help some folks out. Got a couple of... I'm ready. Uh, yep, I'm ready. Yeah, let's try them out here. Let's see if we can help some folks with a few ideas, at least a couple of nuggets of good information to ponder. Uh, Carrie sent us one in. Uh, and, uh, he says, I started a new job that has a higher upside Kyle than my previous, but a lower base salary. I'm counting on the big commissions in the future, but the base salary is low enough. That's a little you know, concerning to be able to contribute to the 401k still and pay the bills. So I'm wondering, is it a bad idea to use commissions when I get them to put that money into a retirement account, even though it'll be irregular, you know, uh, additions to the accounts, which thing. Gary, I have plenty of clients that are commission-based or let's just say they're, you know, performance-based pay. And, uh, you know, rule number one is always pay the bills first. So pay the bills first and with your base salary, you know, I, what the goal with that would be would just make sure you're putting enough in to at least get your 401k match because those are free dollars. And, you know, a strategy after that would basically be use, use your commissions to, you know, would say, I'm not going to say max out. And you have to understand when you say the word retirement savings, you don't have to save all this money inside your employer plan either. Do you have multiple places? If it's, a, you know, are you going to pay taxes up front and save it? Um, you know, you get to understand also your income is going to be variable year to year. So tax planning in general will be pretty hard. Um, but I, the main goal would be at least put enough in each paycheck to get that match. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on free money. And then commission wise, anything extra you save is going to be a game changer. I would highly recommend looking outside the employer plan for more advantageous investment options. Yeah. And I think the big one with this, Carrie, is, is you know, you know yourself better than anybody else. So do you trust yourself that when you do get those commissions, you actually make them in there? I mean, the beauty of a basic 401k is that, you, you know, you don't see the money, you're not tempted to do anything with it. It just goes right into it and you're paying your future self. Sometimes when, you know, I don't know for me anyway, so, you know, you get a bonus check and you're like, hmm, what else do I need to do? So, you know, little things like that sometimes can creep up as life happens. So just make sure that's uh, kind of factored in there as well. But great question, though. 
Uh, we got a question from Mark, and it's not me. Uh, he says, Kyle, I was under the impression that the tax laws from a few years ago would mainly benefit rich people, but I'm the definition of middle class, and it appears my taxes were a lot lower again this year than they were a few years ago. So do you think I'm doing my taxes wrong, or is that accurate? So it's my personal opinion that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, take out the politics, is the single greatest uh, opportunity in baby boomers' lifetime to either reduce or eliminate their taxes. I'm looking at the large standard deduction, the drop in federal tax, and the shrinkage of federal taxable income. And yes, the rich benefit basically because of the capital gains rates, but the middle class particularly can benefit from the lower tax bill again, if you're a tax filer. But even again, there's a lot of people that are signing up to pay more taxes now. Uh, maybe they're doing a bunch of Roth conversions or funding their Roth. They're realizing a lot of taxes right now because they understand that the tax laws are low right now. And they're actually guaranteed to go up January 1st, 2026. You know, I know there's new laws talked about right now that could increase next year, but some people are trying to take, they're, they're okay with it, the paying more now versus trying to chase a lower tax bill. So, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, obviously, depending on your setup, being tax efficient right now, doing some proper tax planning uh, for the future, especially when we're all pretty sure tax rates are going to go up, is certainly not a bad uh, a bad move to be making and to think about, especially if, uh, as a retiree or a pre-retiree. So, uh, as always, again with these questions, folks, and, and of course these questions we we recycle on here onto the to the podcast. They've already been you know kind of dealt with. You know, Kyle's certainly going to reach out to people when you send an email in. So if you've got questions and you're worried about taxes or whatever, definitely reach out to him. Stop by the website MoCanWealth. Dot com. Uh, we got a question from Doris. She said, I'm very, very conservative investor. I have about 80% of my money in the 401k in a mar- uh, money market fund. In a money market fund, excuse me. I know that's probably not the best idea, Kyle, but I'm just afraid of making the wrong choice at the wrong time uh, To if I'm taking too much risk. So how badly is this approach hurting me? Well, that could be a, a really good decision if you look at the beginning of the year. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, Doris had the the crystal ball. I don't know how long this money's been sitting in the mar- money market fund. You know, if it's been there for the last five years, then you know she's really hurt herself because you know four hundred one ks have probably at least doubled um, if it invested properly. So the, the basically what Doris needs to focus on is investing her money based upon time horizon of when she needs it. She needs to take a bucket approach to say. How much of this money am I going to need the next two, three, four, five years? How much of it am I going to need in 15 years? Mm-hmm. Then, then she can make better investment decisions because right now she's really look, looking like she's making emotional decisions. She doesn't understand risk or reward, all that stuff. So it's kind of just starts with education, applying a time horizon to the money. Yeah. And, and I think you know, age obviously is going to play a factor here, right, Kyle? So we don't have any idea how old she is, but you know, the closer we're getting, obviously, the tried and true thing is to reduce the risk down, right? As yeah, I mean, question. just in general, right now, if the markets are on, the stock market's on sale. Yeah. So, how can a conservative investor take money from the sidelines and kind of participate in the next cycle of growth is is going to be key for her. Mm-hmm. I always get the quote wrong or, or have the saying wrong, but the gist of it is right. The stock market, you know, being on sale is the only thing that goes on sale that people are afraid of. Right. If you go to a store and there's something on sale, you're like, "Ooh, it's on sale," you know. But when the market goes on sale, everybody's like, "Let me out of here." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because people would rather invest in a healthy market when it's at the top versus an unhealthy market when it's at the bottom. Yeah. And like, what's going on right now is like the worst time ever to like 
de-risk your portfolio. And, and I get it. I mean, I, it's, you know, it's, it's funny that it's the human nature to do it because we just think, well, how much further could it fall? And therefore, I don't want to be there, right? I don't want to be when it, there when it keeps falling. Yeah. But yeah. Timing, timing the bottom is like nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. Yeah, exactly. But it is funny. It's a pretty funny thing, way to think about it. It's like you see just about anything on sale and we get excited except for the market. <laughs> so who knows? But Doris, thank you so much for that question. Uh, definitely reach out to Kyle. Have a conversation. Uh, Scott, he says, I'm interested in buying a rental property or two, Kyle, but wondering if I should wait till my own mortgage is paid off before I did that. Not necessarily. I think the paying off my mortgage before I do something is kind of overrated. If you're if you're getting into like investment real estate, I mean, here's what you're doing is you're going to borrow money from the bank and collect rent or I'm assuming you're going to rent it out, collect rent to pay off the debt instead of your own money. So as long as you're doing this properly, I, I can't imagine you'd have to wait for your mortgage to be paid off unless you're afraid that you're not going to rent the property out. But yeah. typically you're borrowing money against the bank and using someone else's money to pay off the loan, which is kind of a no brainer. So if you can qualify and make the good decisions, I'd say go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Final, qu- well, no, final question. I think we can squeeze two more in. We'll see. Uh, Jim. Jim's question was, Kyle, I want to save more money for retirement than what I'm allowed in my 401k. What are some other places I could park some money? So this is a good question. A lot of times people get maxed out and they don't know what else to do. Yep. I would say first, be careful of maxing out your 401k. It's not always the best decision for everybody. Not saying don't save money, but again, there might be better places to save it. You know, I don't know if it's going into the Roth 401k, the traditional 401k. But the best place to put it, I mean, you could, you know, think about where the wealthy have their money. They use tax brokerage accounts and there's no, there's no limits on how much you can save in those accounts. You're basically paying the tax up front and investing it in either paying short-term, long-term capital gains on those accounts. So there's a bunch of places outside the employer plan, you know, depending on your household income, you could fund Roth, do Roth conversions, um, all types of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of different things out there for people to do. So, and that tends to be what happens for, for many folks. Uh, we tend to think there's only two places we can put our money. And so it's good to definitely get some other ideas and, and talk with a, an advisor and see what your limits are, what the caps are going to be, various things like that. So great question, Jim. Uh, a final one this week here on the show for, uh, for the pod or for the email podcast show is Leslie. <laughs> Uh, it's one of these. Uh, Leslie says, Kyle, I have a financial advisor who's done a pretty good job for me over the years, but my brother does a little bit better and says that I could be doing better. So should I just leave, listen to my brother or tell him to bug off and leave me alone? <laughs> uh, it's the uh, the brother versus the pro, Kyle. Yeah, I would just basically say, first thing is hiring financial advisor. You have to understand not all advisors are created equal. You might be getting outside, you know, someone saying something to change, but you know, over the last few years, your advisor's done great. That's good. But like, what does that even mean? Like the stock market, the last 10 years is you should, you, no matter what you're going to be making money. So is by the definition of your advisor has done good. Is that just related to the returns on your portfolio? Because you could get those returns almost anywhere if you're invested. So the idea is what type of value has this advisor provided on top of that? You know, the last couple. So like right now, I basically ask this person, have you taken advantage of this, you know, taxes on sale? Have you done conversions? Have you done the stuff that adds value? So your brother might be right. He might be wrong. He might not know what he's talking about. And his situation is, you know, is totally different than, than yours, Leslie, right? So, I mean, you have, yeah. I mean, he may not be telling you everything. You know, your brother could have got lucky and picked the right stocks the last four, four years. And so 
Yeah. Who knows? It's uh, I I got I had a, actually a friend mention I don't know if I mentioned this on the on the podcast before or not, Kyle, but I had a friend uh, ask me because he knows that I talk to advisors all the time on on these shows, and he said that his buddy. And him in the same neighborhood, they they their houses are basically the same amount of same amount of money. Um, they're in the same in a little cul-de-sac or whatever, and they're the same age. Their birthday is like one day apart. And his buddy was telling him he should move more to cash. This was a couple of months ago, as, as the market uh, volatility was really heating up. He should move more to cash, and he thought that made a lot of sense based on the fact that they had a similar age and a similar house price. I thought, that's silly. Why would you think that's a good idea just to take your buddy's advice because you share two little things in common? Like you don't, there's about a million other variables in that. And sometimes people, they, they get that water cooler conversation and it just muddies up the water. Yeah, I agree. He said to be, be wary of making decisions in your best interest, but I would say educate yourself first. So yeah, absolutely. And not to pick on you, Leslie, just wanted to kind of share that little story as a similar situation. So uh, you got to dive into, you know, into your specifics and, and you said your advisor is doing a good job for you. So what does that mean? What does that constitute? Uh, if you're happy with the results and it's getting it done, then you might just be fine. You might be good to go. But there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion as well either to see if there's a way to maybe do things even more efficiently. So if you'd like to do so or anybody else who's checking out the podcast and not working with Kyle already, feel free to reach out to him. Stop by his website, learn more, book some time, uh, whatever the case might be. Find all the information to do all that at mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com. Dot com. Drop a line, uh, book some time with him, check out the podcast, subscribe to it on whatever platform you'd like to use, all that good stuff. And so that's it. Kyle, thanks for hanging out, my friend. Great job. And I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yep. Take care. Yeah, I'll catch you after, uh, I guess, the season started. So we'll see how things are going uh, with the football <laughs> realm rocking. So we'll be back with more here on Financially Fit with Kyle Hammerschmidt. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth LLC and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.